Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So good to be with you again out there in TV land. Zoom. Um, thanks, worship team. Beautiful. Pre- really appreciate your efforts in our technical team. Um, I realised today that even Jesus had his lockdown time, three days in the tomb. And I read an interesting thing because... As soon as he could get out, he was out because the women came to anoint his body when they, you know, when they found the tomb empty. They came at first light and he was already out of the tomb. So it was like, you know, he must have just been a few minutes ahead of them to get out. So it was almost like at the very first opportunity, pardon me, he got out. So I love that. I love that. He, he knows what lockdown's like. Um, also, a little uh, devotional by Charles Spurgeon interested me. He says, uh, you've got to remember the right things when you're going through trials. We have to change our thinking channel to good memories. Um, and he used Israel as an example. After so many miracles, they became afraid, worried, and were complaining, and that unbelief kept them out of the promised land. And this is what he said. When you forget what you should be remembering, it can keep you out of your promised land. So just remember that. It takes a little bit of work, doesn't it, on all of us, on our mental health and our emotional health, to be thinking about the right things that can keep us a bit buoyant. Um, And I just want to do a shout-out on behalf of the whole church to Linda Beasley, who's had a massive cancer, uh, cancer battle and is doing quite well and making great recoveries. And I know she's a girl that always thinks about who's, who's, W-H-O-S-E, whose she is more than who she is. So remember, everyone, whose you are during this time. All right, we're going to look at the last uh, part of the seven I am's of John's Gospel. Today's part seven, I am the true vine. We've looked at the bread of life, the light of the world, the gate, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, the life, and today I am the true vine. Let me just read it to you from John 15. The words will come up on the screen. We're looking at verses 1 to 9. And it seems to be, I was going to make a different point out of this, but when I reread the text earlier in the week, just see what stands out to you. It's actually pretty obvious. Let me read it. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean, and we'll come back to that, because of the word I've spoken to you. Now watch this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm thinking, usually in Scripture, when it emphasises something, it says it twice. But it hasn't even finished saying remain yet, so let's keep going. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you Remain in me and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And then he finishes with, now remain in me. Now, 
<laughs> because that's God that keeps saying remain. If that was Roz saying that to me, by that last one, I would have got ticked off. I said, I've got the message, Roz. But anyway, if I feel like that, God's right, I'm wrong. So I've got, to, I've got to take it seriously. Obviously, there's a big deal about staying in Christ and remaining in him. So we'll, we'll have a look at that. But a, a, this story shows a bit of a key to remaining in him. Uh, I just can't, it's a really old story, but I, I like it. I'll just read it to you. Before refrigerators, people used ice houses to preserve their food. Ice house, obviously this is in Canada or somewhere, had thick walls, no windows and a tightly fitted door. In winter, when streams and lakes were frozen, large blocks of ice were cut, hauled to the ice houses and covered with sawdust. Often the ice would last well into the summer. One man lost a valuable watch while working in an ice house. He searched diligently for it, carefully raking through the sawdust but didn't find it. His fellow workers also looked, but their efforts too proved futile. A small boy who heard about the fruitless search slipped into the ice house during the night when all was quiet. He soon emerged with the watch. Amazed, the men asked him how he found it. I closed the door, the boy replied, laid down in the sawdust and kept very still. Soon I heard the watch ticking. And uh, the guy that tells the story says, often the question is not whether God is speaking, but whether we are being still enough and quiet enough to hear. And I wrote, and be prepared to lie down in the dirt. <laughs> it kind of shows an attitude. Um, and it talks about in here, about if my words remain in you. So obviously reading his word and hearing his voice, they're the two ways uh, his words can stay in us and remain in us and having them in us and being conscious of it is, is what brings us through. Okay, three points. Frederick Brunner says, as we hear, so shall we be heard. So just a reminder of verse seven. We've said it before, but it's a powerful promise. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory. So you can ask whatever you want. Like he gives good reward not just hard yards for, for remaining in him and for staying in him. Um, so the question comes out of that, are we living with Christ? It's probably the biggest question and you can only answer it for yourself. We don't like being pruned. It's just tough in the kingdom because <laughs> if you're stuffing up really badly, he cuts the branch off and then your only way back is to repent. It's, in, in a way, when he cuts the branch off, it actually stops you from having the joy of being fruitful. And he, and he wants you to kind of do a rebirth and a restart. Uh, also, if you do bear fruit, you know, you're getting everything right. He still prunes. So there's still trials, there's still stuff to go through, but he only does it because that will make us more fruitful and give us more uh, joy and a feeling of significance. Um, the King James Version, instead of the word remain, uses abide. And abide in the dictionary means to remain, to continue with, to stay, to put up with, to tolerate, to remain faithful, to stand by, to wait for, to accept and to conform to. It's, I, ha I had the sense reading all that that it's all about us making our, our home with him. And you know what? He doesn't wait to see what move you make. He's already made the move. He's already 
given you what you need to be fruitful. And at the end, I'll bring up a really interesting point about fruitfulness because it's sometimes a bit different to what we think it is. Uh, okay, second point. Matthew Henry, the father loved Jesus who was most worthy and he loves us who are the most unworthy the same as he loved Jesus. Wow. Wow. That swings things around. The worst state anyone can be in is to think you have no need of him. The root of the vine is good. That's the father. The vine itself is healthy. That's Christ. The soil, the water, the sun, the compost are all good. The fruit, which is us, only has one job to do, stay connected so the fruit um, becomes its fruitiest, <laughs> the nicest form of fruit. We've got to cooperate with staying connected. How do you remain in him? Have his words in you, daily prayer and Bible, Holy Spirit inside you, listen and respond. Church, his body is a really important one because that's, in a way, how you stay connected. You can't just live in your own world and only do your own prayer time. There has to be something where there's a bigger community because otherwise there's nothing to measure ourselves against and nothing to be buffeted by. There's no plumb line in our lives and church plays a really crucial role in it. I was, I was thinking, you know, um, uh, talking to some younger people the other day, you know, and they were young parents and they're worried about their friends don't go to church anymore. So I, I just wrote this thought. Parents who choose their own roadway, their own road away from church can more easily produce godless offspring or they can end up producing angry offspring that get saved later in life and realise you, you rip them off. So it's something, it's not just because I, I know why parents fall away sometimes because they're just doing their own journey and they find it a bit tough, but it's not just you at stake. It's your family. That's what your family's going to become. It's who your kids are. It's giving them the best opportunity. Sometimes you'll buy them the best thing so that they'll look the best or be the fittest or whatever. But, but taking care of their spiritual health by staying in a healthy church is a really big deal. Um, and to be fair to everyone, sometimes, you know, on a plant in winter, leaves drop off because it's a non-productive season. And so all of us have seasons in our life that are a bit more unproductive. But what you have to watch for isn't so much being afraid of an unfruitful season, but it's watching when spring appears, are there fresh leaves? If, if not, uh, there could be trouble ahead because you, you're withered. <laughs> you're withered on the vine and there's not going to be any fruit. Um, some of my favourite fruit that I like, a healthy family, healthy church, is the gospel being preached, are those who are in need being helped um, and relating well in our communities. In my local community, two guys that relate very well are John Sidney and Bob White. Uh, Bobby White's like the, like the mayor of Valentine. He knows every shopkeeper, every person. They love him and he's generous with them. And I've learned a lot and I've watched this... I meet a lot of the local community while I'm walking the dog and I've gotten onto something because I realised when your dog's young and a puppy, everyone wants to pat it and know it, but I watch the people with the older dogs that don't look attractive anymore and everyone just ignores them. So I've started making a point of going up to the older dogs and making a fuss over them and telling the person how lovely they are. And they just stop in their tracks and they go, thank you, no one ever recognises the beauty of my dog anymore. And we have a beautiful talk and a beautiful share. But it's, 
it's it's finding sometimes the loveliness in something that doesn't always look as lovely as it once did. A bit like myself, really. <laughs> My son's given me a new, I don't even know what it's called, but you go like that and it's telling me I'm on 99 beats per minute heart rate. So that's quite high for preaching. Um, anyway, the other day I tested when I was doing something and it said... Um, 38, and I thought, oh, my God, I should be dead. But I really, I had it on upside down. It was 83. <laughs> All right. Point three, Charlie Spurgeon. We can do nothing which is acceptable in the sight of God in our own strength. He, he really launches in it. Without him, you can do nothing. But with him, all things are possible. And, and he says this. I love this. He said... Only the divine can make that statement if you can do nothing without me. If a man says that, you need to be very careful and they will be wrong because there's no man can say that statement. So any man that says that statement to you is trying to control you. Living independently of Christ's lordship is a vision for total failure. Uh, this was the bit I liked about fruitfulness. This is kind of a bit bits and piecey, but these were just the rest of the good things I didn't know where to fit. But Spurgeon's such a master. He says this, we're actually in being fruitful, we're bringing forth his fruit, not our own. This kind of, I went, whoa, this stopped me in my tracks. Um, the power lies in the master, not the servant. So we have to look at things like... What's our motivation in being fruitfully trying to prove ourselves or are we doing it out of loyalty and gratitude to God? That's, that's a better motivation is doing it out of, out of gratitude. And I know we have to um, operate in, in our gifting, um, but really it's not what you're enabled to do because I thought it was. It's what is granted unto you, what fruitfulness is granted unto you. Um, Ros and I coming to Newcastle has been way more fruitful. We thought it would be fruitful, but hey, not this fruitful. It's like for some reason it was granted unto us to have this incredible fruitfulness in this city. So uh, I, was, I was amazed like that. So I added to gifting, there's obedience, humility and preparation and the trials we go through are preparation for something higher and more fruitful in God because they're the things that prepare us for it. Just a couple of things. I loved in the Olympics, the, did you see the Christian girl from the Central Coast in the high jump that won silver? And uh, she shared so beautifully. But she said the thing, how it can be so scary at the Olympics, you know, just before you do your jump, you don't want to fail. But she said, I just look to God <laughs> each time. And when I realise that God loves me, that I am loved, I have no fear of failure and I jump so much better because I'm not afraid of failing. It was just such a beautiful way to share part of the gospel message. Um, just a couple of statements and I've finished. Churches and Christians run into dead ends when they just do good ideas without Christ. Um, he, he said, interestingly enough, when Jesus said, you know, this section we read out, he was speaking to his disciples, not to unregenerate people. And so it's an important message for disciples to remain, as in many don't. <laughs> so we, we've got to remain. And for business people, your business won't baffle you when you take everything to Christ. Um, I'll finish with this. 
as a child puts a seashell in their ear and hears the ocean roar, so you will be filled with wonder at the accomplishments of God in your life. Our relationship with him grows sweeter and dearer. <laughs> and I, can I just finish with this? I love this. I could, I could yell this, but I mean it nicely. You know, as we spend more time with him and we grow and we think, oh, it's gone so well in God, he doesn't improve. We do. He's, he's already done the main thing. He's already beautiful. And as we change and grow, it almost seems like God develops, but it's just that we get more of him. So remember that. I pray for you and I hope you go okay. Love you, especially the ones that are struggling more than they should at the moment because I have those days where I struggle more than I should. But I love you. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.